Welcome to the Pitch Vision Academy Cricket Show. This is your guide to better cricket. Uh, half an hour or so of us helping you to help yourself or perhaps to help others if you're a cricket coach. My name's David Hinchliffe. I look after things and joining me as they always do are two very fine cricket coaches. The first is the director of cricket at Millfield School. It's Mark Garraway. Hello, Garris. How's it going? All good, thank you. Yeah, all good. Any cricket going on for you at the moment? Well, I'm sitting watching. We're, we're hosting at school today. We're hosting Leicestershire against Kent in the under-15 ECB County Age Group Final. Lovely. So, uh, yeah, we've got uh, Kent out in the middle. He was 76 for none of 17 overs. The spinners have just come on. Had predominantly, in fact, entirely a seam bowling attack so far. So it'll be interesting to see if the spinners can uh, get a wicket. Yep, uh, as we have as we've often pioneered on recorded podcasts, the live score updates um, from games going on around us is uh, always good fun. So, yeah, keep us up to date with that one. I will do. And there's a wicket. The left-hander has just been bowled <laughs> off stump. There you go. The introduction Fantastic. is spin. Do we talk about spinners quite a lot on this programme? Uh, yeah, I think we, we do. do. I think we do. Yeah, so there's a wicket. Um, and uh, Leicester are very happy with themselves. Yeah, I can imagine. Secondly, it's the head of cricket performance at Portsmouth Grammar School. It's Sam Lavery. Hello, Lavers. How's it going? It's going very well. Everything's running seamlessly today. Um, uh, so uh, no problems at all. But if anyone wants to talk about trains, just give me a ring. Okay, <laughs> definitely. Right, we'll put you down on the list as the train. Let's man. move on to some questions now. Questions that have been sent in by listeners to the show. And um, how this works is we do our best to answer those questions. And then we pick a question which is the best one of the week and that wins a prize of an online coaching course from Pitch Vision Academy at pitchvision.com uh, and if you want to send in your questions to us you can do that for future shows by emailing coach at pitchvision.com uh, and there are other ways to get in touch with us and we'll tell you about those towards the end of the show. Uh, the first person who sent in a question this week is Sammy and Sammy says how do I plan my innings according to my strengths and weaknesses? And of course, we don't know what those are, but um, it's a good general question, isn't it? So what do you think, Harris? Well, I think it's a great question. And, and the best players, and I mean, we, we saw an innings last week in the pink ball test match at Edgbaston, where the bloke that knows his game, knows his strengths, knows his weaknesses better than probably anybody that I've ever worked with, got 200 and something, and nobody else other than Joe Root got too many at all. And, um, you know, Alistair Cook is a classic example of somebody that very early in his journey literally wrote down what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses and how am I going to apply those strengths and how am I going to limit my weaknesses? So in terms of planning your innings, uh, any specific innings, you can just go, right, this is what I do when I'm at my best. This is what I'm going to try and keep um, keep my run scoring to because often it's our run scoring shots that get us out or attempted run scoring shots that get us out. This is how I'm going to deal with a particular bowler and going back to our previous conversation or earlier conversation about knowing oppositions in leagues going up, you might... You might want to find out a bit of information on some of the uh, bowlers that you're going to face or you might have some previous experience and that you can draw back on. But ultimately, what are your three, four, five top scoring areas? How are you going to apply them? 
And in terms of weaknesses, I wouldn't consider them too much. I wouldn't really spend too much time going over them too significantly. I would concentrate more on your strengths, have an understanding of your weaknesses in terms of how you want to develop your net practice or your skills practice in order to be able to um, make those weaknesses less uh, likely to get you out. But I'd concentrate solely on my strengths, really. And, and if you look at somebody like Alistair Cook, you know, he leaves the ball really well. He cuts the ball really well. He plays off his hip really well. He pulls really well. But is he going to drive you down the ground a significant amount of time? The answer is no. Is he going to back foot drive you? The answer is no, so he doesn't try and do it. If you go really, really full, he might try and cover drive you. And in fact, he did quite a few of those for him last week in that innings at 243. Um which was unusual, I suppose, but I think it showed more about how the West Indies bowled and how, how they got their lengths horribly wrong. And also the pace of their bowlers was pretty low, wasn't it? So he was able to drive more than he would do against an Australia or a South Africa. Um, so he goes with four shots and sticks to them. And then when the spinners come on, he's probably got three shots and he sticks to them. And if you can repeat and repeat and repeat, you're not going to go too far wrong. But weaknesses to me are there to be worked in training sessions to try and make those weaknesses less weak. Try and get them above that threshold where you can be relatively confident about them. And then you concentrate purely on your scoring areas. How are you going to make the scoreboard tick over? What balls you're looking for? And how are you going to play to those? I just think, Lovers, when it comes to weaknesses, I think people stress over them and, and you know want to make them into want to make them into strengths. When actually, you know, the, the best thing you can do, especially if you're halfway through a season, is say to yourself, "Well, okay, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be driving the ball through mid on very often, so I'm not going to worry about it either. It's you know that's that's not a scoring area for me. So, you know, I can I can work on developing an on drive perhaps, but I don't. When I'm in the middle of a game, I'm not going to start trying to play the on drive. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get my runs elsewhere so if you can sort of accept what you've got and unless it's getting you unless it's something which is horrendously getting you out you know like every time you try and drive the ball you hit it straight to a fielder then um, you don't really have to worry about it too much yeah absolutely having having a clear mind and understanding the things that allow you to excel and allow you to be successful is is very important and and, and often having Having your eye on these weaknesses potentially as things that you want to improve on is is something that you can be aware of. But if you're if you're thinking about them collectively as a group of weaknesses, then that's what they will be. They will be weaknesses. If you if you pinpoint one at a particular stage and you um, make yourself a, an action plan or a, a give yourself some kind of process that's going to improve one of those things, and then you can maybe view it as more of a, an opportunity of something to improve. But again, the timing's got to be right of when you're going to do that. And you're, you're, you're unlikely to be doing that in the middle of the game, and you're probably unlikely to be doing that the day before a game. But if, you, if you've got something you're building a little bit more long-term, then, then you can pinpoint one thing at a time, probably maybe two sometimes, but generally one, and, and that can be an opportunity. But if you're... If your eyes and your mind are focused on the things that are going to allow you to excel, then you're probably going to find that thinking about batting becomes a lot simpler. Um, 
and subsequently your, your results are going to be a little better. And that's something that you, you that has been talked about over the years. But when people are people are very good at lots of things, and there are lots of batsmen over the years who've got so many things at their disposal, but actually that um, that clarity that they need to perform really well can can kind of diminish a little bit. And that's one of Alistair Cook's strengths is that he doesn't have fifteen or twenty different options to play to. Um, to each bowler he's, he's got three or four and, that, and that's kind of it so it allows him to have that real clarity of mind and, and subsequently he can transfer that into repeatable performances time and time again Next question is from Nick and Nick says I'm from Trinidad and pre-season in the region is about to begin my question is this what are some of the best ways to train during pre-season and also should pre-season be only in the gym or does cross training have a huge impact and would you say that it contributes to a successful season thanks for your time so what do we what do we think there lavers is um a couple of things what what kind of training are we looking at in that sort of run up to the start of the season and then secondly what's the uh what's the balance of of training in the gym compared to training elsewhere um i I guess it's going to depend on the um, the level of the, of cricket you're playing at the kind of level of fitness that you already have and I, I guess we're talking largely from a fitness point of view here so um, yeah I, I guess it depends on your starting point really um, the the fitter you are initially the more you can then um, channel out and get a little bit more focused and specify as you get close to the season whereas um, if you're starting from ground zero and you've not got a lot we're looking to just develop some ge- some general fitness anyway for kind of um, some good solid performance to something that's going to get you in a position where you're, you're unlikely to be injured and also something that's going to allow you to go and perform week in week out whether it's playing on a Saturday each week and, and training once or twice in the week whatever it might be so uh, it's going to depend on your starting point um, gen- generally I would I would say that although in the past some people probably have really pushed the gym side of things um, that that gym's probably going to give you a, a good fundamental building block of, of, of where you can start so some basic gym work is going to be useful um, but trying to add in a few things that are cricket specific on top of that will, will help along the way and, and the amount of um, the fitness work you've done will, will kind of dictate that um, g- generally I think we're looking to challenge the body as much as we can and, and, and mixing it up and trying different um, training methods along the way are, are going to be really useful and we do need a baseline fitness of um, I guess people refer to it as kind of cardiovascular training so they need a, a system that's going to allow them to run up and down as a batter or a bowler or a wicketkeeper fielder etc so we need a basic amount of that depending on what your role is in the side and, and then we need an amount of strength slash power to, to kind of p- perform the movements that we want to um, with um, a bit of success and, and then also um, an element of stability in there and control that's going to allow us to have a bit of um, or an element of being being precise and being controlled in the, in the way we move and the way we execute things so they're the kind of the immediate things I'll be thinking about but some of them can be done in a gym and, and I guess this depends a little bit on your own um, level of enjoyment of that kind of stuff but um, some of it can be done in the gym some of it can be done outside in the field whether it's whether it's getting some basic endurance work into you so through a few long runs early on in that pre-season or it's starting to work in some, some sprint work um, and then some repeated sprint work to try and get you more conditioned for what you're actually going to be doing on the day um, 
again, power output, it's good to develop a bit of strength if we can before we go on to, to power as well, but um, power output is something that can be done, lower body especially, you can get loads of work done there, just um, out on a field, whether it's jumping, hopping, um, lunging, accelerating, um, those kind of things are all going to be ways that you can challenge yourself um, to, develop, to develop power. And there are some things that are, in honesty, going to be useful to, to be in a gym for. So there'll be certain exercises that are, are, are much easier to do with some equipment available. So I'd be looking for a mix. Um, think about the role you're going to perform in the side and, um, and what kind of fitness you need to do and be aware of your current position. So try and be as honest with yourself as you can be. Know where you are, know where you realistically want to get to and and think about the gym activities that are going to benefit that and think about those um, activities outside the gym that are going to benefit that. And you, you've said um, cross-train. Cross-train is um, uh, probably means two different things to different people. So if if we're thinking about cross-training as a, in a generic fitness environment, that would be... Um, Oh, that could be any, any kind of mix of things in some kind of uh, little routine and it's going to be challenging your body in lots of different ways. Cross-training or crossover training within cricket can sometimes mean that that link between the, the gym activity um, of moving a weight or lifting something and the uh, skill activity, whether it's hitting a ball or, um, or bowling, bowling a ball or whatever it might be. So that can be a crossover activity that is going to try and simulate a throw or a bowl or a, or a strike of a ball using um, some some kind of equipment that maybe a band or a medicine ball etc so um, look, I'll be looking to challenge you, the body as many different ways as you can but um, be honest with yourself be, be realistic about where you're going to go and then try and plan it from there I had a, a good term a, a little while ago which which helped me sort of get through the mire of that sort of um, gym cross training you know playing to get fit getting fit to play all that all that all that complicated stuff we hear lots of things and lots of myths and lots of stuff like that and it it sort of boiled it down down training down to two things and that is it it's either um, it either assists you in your sport or it restricts you in your sport. And you want to, as much as possible, reduce the amount of things that you do which restrict you, um, even if they might assist you in something else. You know, if you are, you know, to give the classic example, if you are a bodybuilder, then what you would count as assistive would count as restrictive for a cricketer and vice versa. So although you, there is a crossover between the two, there are some things that, that both would do and, and find useful. So it... It depends on your goals, but if you are saying to yourself, right, okay, these these exercises that I'm doing here, whether they're in the gym, whether they're on the field, whether they're, you know, on a bike or wh wherever wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever equipment you have, asking yourself, is this assisting my sport in some way? Is this giving me something that I wouldn't have otherwise? In that, in that case, go for it. Uh, and is it, or is it restricting? Is it something which is which is not helping me in any way and might actually hinder me in some way, if, if depending on what I'm trying to do? Uh, you know, for example, if if a certain exercise has a high risk of injury, you know that you don't want to be doing too much of that uh, unless there is a big benefit off the back of it. So you have to be careful. Um, you have to think about it. But if you look at it from the point of view of is this assisting me, then the it's, it's almost like the the tools that you use then go into the background. You know, use what you have, um, but always 
go from the baseline of is this assisting me or is this restricting me and if it's assisting you keep going for it and whatever label you want to apply to it gym work cross training that, that doesn't matter to me as long as it's assisting you then do more of it and if it's restricting you do less of it that's I think that's a that's a good way to think about it. So it keeps it very simple, very clear, and, and and you can relate it straight into your performance. Is it assisting me do this thing? This is this is my role within a side, and if it if it's helping you, um, then go for it. One thing I'd say is never never forget that your role isn't just a batter or just a bowler. Remember the movement side of things of fielding. I know that sometimes gets pushed to the back of people's mind when they think about their cricket performance and they think about their primary duty, which for many people they consider to be batting or bowling um, but um, but consider that other time you're going to spend out in the field because the easier you make that time the more you're going to enjoy yourself and the, the more impact you can have from that other aspect which is away from your um, your primary role within the side and that applies we've been talking about pre-season but that applies to off-season it applies to in-season as well you know you, you things change slightly depending on on your goals but you know if you as long as you're going back to saying to yourself right you know how is this assisting me and if the answer is well it is because you know it's making me faster it's making me stronger it's making me whatever then that's uh, that's interesting and I'll I tell you who's doing some great work in this area at the moment and who has actually changed his mind a lot on it is Steph Jones who we mention a lot on this show he's done a lot of work in the past around sort of classic strength training you know big lifts squats and deadlifts and um, bench pressing and all that kind of thing Uh, because you know strength is a very important factor in power and power is a very important factor in bowling faster which is one of his key things that he's done but what he's learned over the years and and what i've learned from what he's learned is that there you know you have to you can't just take raw strength and apply it straight into fast bowling you have to have that crossover and there's a load of exercises that he talks about which allow you to cross over between those kind of big gym exercises which are helpful and are assistive but not completely alone because you need to take them from the gym and put them onto the pitch when you're running into bowl. So there's a good example of sort of some assistive exercises that you can have a look at to check out Steph Jones and the type of thing that he's talking about. Yeah, one of the beauties of those crossover exercises as well for um, a club or a school or, a, or an individual is that equipment required in those kind of things is actually really minimal. The, the more you move towards performance, invariably the less the less equipment you need. So if you think about when you're bowling, you, you need a ball and, and that's pretty much it. Whereas these crossover things, uh, a med ball or a couple of options on weighted med balls, a, a med ball costing un, under £10, um, you can pick them up for about six quid if you know where to look at. And similarly, um, weight, weighted balls again, um, really, really great this equipment. Bands again, and, and all these things are individually costing um, not not a great amount of money. So if you're looking at investing yourself, you can definitely set yourself up for all that kind of crossovers stuff for um, for for under a hundred pounds very comfortably. You get yourself a really comprehensive little kit. Um, and if, as an individual, that hopefully that's realistic for some people. Um, but as a, as a club, I'm sure that's something they can do, and, and the investment they'll get back, well, they, what they'll get back from their investment in return, will, will hopefully be um, direct direct improvements in performance, just because of uh, a little bit more specific work that they're able to do between that gym and that field. And that is the end of the show for another week. Um, before we go, there is one more thing we're going to do, which is to decide 
on the winner of the competition this week, of course, the online coaching course from Pitch Vision Academy at pitchvision.com. And um, there were two questions with their sights on the prize, and that's Sammy's question about planning and innings based on strengths and weaknesses, and Nick's question about pre-season in Trinidad, which sounds like a very nice thing to do. So, Gareth, who's the winner this week? And the winner this week is Sammy with his uh, question about planning innings. Congratulations to you. And um, if someone else was listening to the show and they wanted to get their questions sent in, get it answered and have the chance to win the prize, how could they get in touch with us? And the number is 0203 239 7543 or drop us an email on coach at pitchvision.com. That is correct. You can also get us through social media. Of course, pitchvision.com is the place to go to message us, do a search for Pitch Vision Academy and send us a message that way through the social system that we've got on there. And there's also, uh, if you're over on the Pitch Vision Academy account over there, there's also extra bonus content from this podcast which you can get which is exclusive to people who follow us on there you can also find us on facebook facebook.com slash pitch vision academy is the place there and twitter at pitch vision acad is the account to follow if you want to listen to this show every week you can subscribe in your favorite podcast app just do a search for pitch vision academy and then hit subscribe that will automatically be downloaded for you when that comes out on fridays And uh, if you want to go over to pitchvision.com and get the older shows, you can do that by going to pitchvision.com slash academy and clicking on the podcast link and you get all the old shows which you can stream or or download, get the show notes, that kind of thing. That's all for this week. We hope you listen next week. But until then, have a good week. Cheers, Gareth. Cheers, Leavis. Cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers.